men, and, and I shouldn't say this in front of you, you, get a swelled head, but men who love their wives really love their wives. And the reason that they go so quickly to the fix-it mode is because that's how they do love best. So give them something to fix. If your spouse comes home upset, don't cheer them up. That's right. Do not cheer them up. That's what Dr. Noel Nelson says. And hear what you're supposed to do. Stay tuned. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and we've got you covered. Visit tourinandtasting.com and check out the gifts section within their store to find some fantastic Valentine's Day wine baskets with free shipping. Baskets start at just $65, but we can even help you there. Enter the promo code HITCHED when you check out and you'll get an additional 10% off. Place your order by February 6th so it arrives in time for Valentine's Day. Again, that's tourinandtasting.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined once again with the always fantastic Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Uh, so we are going to do a topic today, which you say empathize first, cheer up second. Uh, so if your spouse is upset about something, had a difficult day at work, or the traffic was horrendous, or the kids were acting up, it's natural to want to cheer your spouse up. Uh, I mean, we we all love our spouses, and we don't want to see them upset. But you're saying, Noel, that often uh, attempting to cheer your spouse up has exactly the opposite effect? Yes, indeed. Because, Steve, the conversation goes roughly like this. So your spouse had a bad day, and they're spouting off about it, and you say, oh, it couldn't be all that bad. Give me a kiss. Let's have dinner. And the next thing you know, your spouse says, you just don't understand, and is totally irritated with you. And here you were just trying to do something nice. <laughs> I mean, isn't doing something nice, though, isn't that what you're supposed to do in, in being supportive? Absolutely. It's all, however, a matter of timing, Steve. Okay. And the timing for the something nice or the cheering up or the make you feel better is not at the top of the communication. It's later. Allow me to explain. Yes, please. The single most important thing to anyone, anytime, anywhere is to be heard. And people, especially spouses, need to feel that you've heard not just their words. Words are, pardon me, kind of cheap. But the emotion behind those words. So when you're trying to soothe your spouse by immediately offering a positive, uplifting idea, oh, it couldn't be all that bad, honey, something like that. You have just negated their feelings. It's like your spouse never expressed those feelings. You just sort of swept them aside. And 
yes, absolutely, your intentions were wonderful. And yes, of course, we want to support and, and help our spouses feel better, whatever, whatever. But there's a sequence here, if you wish. And so just kind of starting by sweeping your spouse's negative emotions under the rug or out the door, however you want to think of it, that is not a particularly good idea. So it doesn't so that like your intentions don't even matter. So if you intend on trying to cheer them up by making the wrong type of statement, uh, you've actually done a disservice to the situation. Yeah, and you know, rather than kind of making it really complicated and thinking in terms of, oh my gosh, I have to watch my words, it's not your words so much as just the general principle of go with the feeling first. Whatever it is, the negative feeling, empathize with that first, acknowledge it first, and then go ahead and and be supportive and uplifting and and whatever it is that you want to be. Okay, but but I mean, um, it's it's not really healthy though to to wallow in those negative feelings, though, right? No, it's not healthy at all, Steve. You're you're on target there. But there is a world of difference between acknowledging your spouse's unhappiness or frustration and wallowing. Let me give you an example because that's the easiest way to, to sort this stuff out. Acknowledging sounds something like, wow, your boss really did that? That's rough. It would make anyone feel disrespected. Mm. Wallowing sounds more like, Oh, you poor dear. Oh, that's awful. How could your boss be such a terrible human being? You must be feeling lower than low. How depressing. Talk about a lousy day. And Steve, I could go on and on. So, so that's, 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 that's what more, wallowing is. So that's more of like escalating it as opposed to acknowledging it though. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And and that's the whole thing is that you want to acknowledge the negative emotion, the hurt feelings, the owie, whatever it was, not make it bigger and bigger and bigger because that's wallowing. Frankly, I mean, think of a pig wallowing. What are they doing? They're splashing the mud around so it gets to be a bigger and bigger and bigger mud hole. That's really where that comes from. And that's what you're doing when you are sort of delving into the the negative aspect. And one little thing that I've I've worked with people that seems to have helped them a lot is if you can keep it in the third person instead of making it you, mm. you're better off. So you keep it kind of neutral. And that's where, for example, saying it would make anyone feel disrespected or that's rough. You see how those aren't yeah. you words? Yeah, so like I can't I can't believe it, I can't believe he disrespected you that way. You would say, I can't believe uh, that would make anybody feel disrespected. Yeah, or that's a really disrespectful thing to say. Yeah. I mean, you can be righteously indignant. There's nothing wrong with that. But most important thing is you're not putting the energy, the negative energy back to you, 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 meaning looking at you, my spouse. Mm. Okay. So it kind of it, – it starts to separate those emotions then by, by not putting it back on them? Exactly. Happening? And what it does, it kind of lifts them. In other words, think about it. Any of us, when we have a hurt, we have an owie of whatever kind, you don't really want someone rubbing it in more. I mean, you may think you do. Self-pity loves a friend. Mm-hmm. But really, you want somebody to kind of lift it off you. And a nice transition thing, if you will, is to get that hurt acknowledged, but a little more neutrally, just okay. a little bit. And that's where the it comes in rather than the you. Got it. And then once you've done that, once you've acknowledged your spouse's hurt or frustration or whatever it is, 
then of course you can try some gentle cheering up. And, and my favorite is what may, might make you feel better. Uh, but I'm going to throw a curveball really quick at you. Um, oh, goody. <laughs> and I know how you love my curveballs. So my curveball is this. What if um, as the spouse, you know that your spouse is in the wrong in this situation and they feel attacked um, but you kind of understand the other person. Like you understand that your spouse prob- may in this instant uh, not have been in the right. Um, not a question of right or wrong. Okay. It's a question of of just humanly empathizing. Okay. In other words, your spouse could have been completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Completely wrong. But they're still feeling their frustration, their hurt, their whatever. And actually, it really is helpful to do the it instead of you in that case. Because then it's, oh, that sounds like it was really rough. Uh, Does yes. not say that anybody was right or that anybody was wrong. Mm. It's just, ow, that sounds painful. Does not say anybody was right or anybody was wrong. It's a neutral stance. Got it. Okay. Because, you, you know, you- frankly... Everybody deserves empathy, yeah. no matter what they've done. Yeah, and I would just like to put it on the scoreboard that you just took that curveball and put it over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> okay. So um, you know, it, so you don't necessarily want to jump into well, everything's going to be all right, um, but you do want to ask your spouse, as you just mentioned, what would make you feel better? Is that the, the tack that we should go with in this instance? Well, let's put it this way. Who knows best what's going to make them feel better? I'm assuming them. Of course. Always. Yeah. Always. And so you may, you know, let's put it this way. I often want a hug, okay? Because I'm a huggy kind of gal. So if, if I want something from someone, it's probably going to be a hug. But somebody else may find that very invasive. Hmm. So I can't go, I can't proceed, if you will, from what feels best to me in the circumstance and just sort of lay it on my spouse. And besides, some days they may want the hug and some days they may not. So I'm much better off deferring, if you will, to their knowledge of themselves by saying, well, what might make you feel better? Mm. Now they may say, well, you know what always makes me feel better, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Make me a ginger martini. I mean, I don't know. That's possible and that's fine. Every couple is different. But I always like to give spouses the, the benefit of something different, something that they in this instant may prefer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what might make you feel better? If they say, I don't know, well, then you can say, want a back rub? <laughs> you know, yeah. you, can, okay. you can go for the things that usually work. But, but more importantly is, again, it's acknowledging the other person's preference. Got it. Okay. And you don't, you don't always know what it is. You probably know a lot, but you don't always know. Yeah. And, and, and that's part of the empathizing first because then you can uh, acknowledge them and they can know that you're listening to them before you try to cheer them up. That is correct. That is correct. And we love to have people ask for our opinion, especially about ourselves. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's opinion is, is gold. So, it's <laughs> uh it's not right it's not wrong it's just their opinion yeah yeah um 
Okay, so that I mean this this podcast is empathize first, cheer up second. So um after we have acknowledged their um feelings, um and then gone to the next step of asking them how you may make them feel better, um is is that kind of the end of it? Yeah, that is. The the point that I'd like to make through this and the reason I specifically called it empathy first. Mm-hmm. Cheer up second is that empathy and sympathy are two different things, yes, and we confuse them readily. We just do mm-hmm. um, sympathy is the oh, you poor dear approach. you feel for the person, you're sorry for them, or you pity them, but you don't specifically understand what they're feeling, mm-hmm. and empathy is more like feeling with a person. And when it's it's your spouse, believe me, you really want to work at feeling with. And that means to walk in their shoes as best you can, to try to put yourself in your spouse's place, to, to get a good sense of, of what they feel and to understand as best another human being can, because we're not in the same skin to a degree. Sure. And the more you do that, the more they will feel truly acknowledged. Now, this isn't therapy 101, okay? This isn't sitting down with your spouse and having this long, convoluted thing. Yeah. It's just making that, that effort to, to put yourself in and thinking, well, how would that feel to me if my boss screamed at me? Or how would that feel to me if the kids had, you know, tweaked the cat's tail so hard we had to get, get it to the vet? How would that feel to me? Because that's where when you say, oh, that must have really hurt. Oh, that's a really rough day. Has that much more sincerity behind it, genuine, genuineness behind it. The worst thing we can do, and we do it all the time, Steve, is we don't look at our spouses when they're saying their aggravation or their frustration of the day. Mm-hmm. We're so used to hearing them that we're busy cleaning the dishes or you know doing something else, and we go, uh-huh, mm, uh-huh. We still love them. Yeah. But that's not acknowledging. Now, do you have do you have a tip? Uh, let's say we have a lot of wives listening, and we know, um, speaking generalities here, uh, that men are fixers. They like to fix things, and so a lot of times the wife would come home, or the husband walks to the door, and the wife will say something, and he'll immediately want to jump into fixing mode rather than let me hear what you're saying, let me empathize, let me acknowledge your feelings, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk mm-hmm. this out or whatever. Um, do you have any tips for those wives out there who are listening to this and thinking to themselves, yes, my husband sucks at empathizing. Uh, how can I make him be better at it? What, what's a tip that you can give the wives to um, go to their husbands and say like, you know, and, and actually have them listen and begin to implement it? Any Anything for mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. You're going to give them something to fix. That is, true. To fix. that is true. Here's what you give to fix. Say, honey, here's what I need you to do for me. I need you to stand there and just listen really, really hard. Mm. I okay. really need that. And that's how you can fix this for me. Can you fix this for me that way? Use the word. It's golden. It. Okay. Really? So, yeah. And, you know, men, and, and I shouldn't say this in front of you, get a swelled head, but men who love their wives really love their wives. Mm-hmm. And the reason that they go so quickly to the fix-it mode is because that's how they do love best. Mm. So give them something to fix. Tell them, I need you to fix this for me. Here's how I need you to do it. I need you to stand there and listen to me. Maybe if you hold my hand while I'm talking, that would help. Mm -hmm. I really need you to to do that to fix it. Use the word. 
That is a great little piece of advice there. Because you're right. See, I, think, I, is, I think when you yeah. throw that, I think when you throw that magic word out there, um, guys yeah. like a challenge like that. They will take that challenge yep. and, you know, really, really work on it. Yep. And it soothes them because it tells them, oh, phew, I don't have to worry about being a failure here. She's telling me what she needs specifically to fix this thing. Mm. And it's funny, too, because guys will often complain, like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about because they talk in code or they're doing all, you know what I mean? And this is just really straightforward. If you want to fix this issue, just listen to me and don't try to, like, do anything. Just listen. Right. That's the fix. And keep using the word fix. That's the fix. That's the fix (laughs) I need. Please fix this. Here's how I'd like you to fix it. Just use the word three or four times. Mm. You know, we, we seem to want to be gender free and at least not in this generation or the few coming is that going to work we still are wired differently you know there's a really interesting study lately which has shown that men's brains tend to connect within each hemisphere um if you will forehead to back of brain okay in that direction Mm -hmm. women's brains tend to connect ear to ear okay isn't that fascinating? That's that is, biological, folks. <laughs> that is, you know, it's interesting too, and I'm glad you brought that up because we, uh, and and I understand why because women have gotten the short end of the stick for basically since the dawn of man, right? Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like society and everything else. But anyways, now that now, now that we are finally getting to a point where, um, as a society, we're, we're treating women with the respect that they deserve for the most part um we seem to think that equal opportunity and equal and other aspects means that we're the same but i i love that you pointed out that we're biologically different and we forget sometimes to yeah. embrace that difference because that's Absolutely. what that's what makes it work so well is that we have these differences and and we and what the strengths uh, of men and women and the weaknesses of men and women balance each other out. Um, and you know, and this is, this is being very, um, um, uh, heterosexual, but obviously, um, these dynamics can play out in a homosexual realm as well. But in this specific scenario, that's, you know, that's what we're talking about. But I I just think it's, I think it's nice every once in a while to remember like, Oh yeah, Guys are like this, and women in general are like this, and it's okay. Exactly. The confusion is to think that equal opportunity somehow means that there can be no differences. That's horse manure. Um, We have a recently established CEO of GM, General Motors, who is a woman. Mm -hmm. She's going to bring totally different qualities to her job than the former male CEO of General Motors. It doesn't matter. They're both wonderful. They're both, you know, whether it's a male point of view or a female perspective, it's going to bring great things to that position. So the opportunity needs to be equal, and we still need to work a lot on that one. But the understanding that differences are fun, differences are useful, differences are what make our world expansive. Mm-hmm. We need that. Um just to, again, speaking in generalities, of course, uh, do you think just in general women are better empathizers than men? Yes. Nurture. Tend and befriend is, is how we, we say it in psychology. Tend and befriend is the sort of uh, 
hardwired um, instinct of most women. Remember, it's a bell curve, meaning that there are women who are, are not at all tend and befriend, and then there are those who are nothing but tend and befriend mm. and everything in between. And men are protect and provide. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so it's a real easy way to look at it. But again, we're, we're unique individuals and everybody's a different mix of those things. Of but yes, in generalities, yes, women tend and befriend, which, is, which requires empathy. And men protect and provide, which requires fixing. Yeah, okay. So I, I bring this up because – and this is off topic, but I'm going to throw it out there. Um, there – you know, obviously, if anybody looks at the economics of – today's society, there's probably the greatest um, sizable economic inequality that we've had uh, in at least a century right now. And I was thinking of this the other day about how with women getting these higher positions, and you brought it up with the the GM, the new CEO of GM, um, how that inequality uh, might shrink as more women gain power because I've heard one argument for this uh, income inequality is there's a lack of empathy or there's an empathy gap between the have and have nots. Um, and I just wonder like w if, if there would be a shift um, – and I know there's a bajillion factors that play into all this stuff. But I wonder if there would be a shift uh, with more women gaining more power just – generally throughout society well there certainly will be a shift there certainly will be change but in which direction that will go and how it will impact the greater uh the greater population i don't know it will certainly be interesting to find out yeah so you heard it here first <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um well this was uh another fascinating uh topic did you have anything to add or are we we pretty good on this week's episode no short form is empathize first cheer up second it's easy to keep in mind easy and if and all you uh women and men out there who find your spouse does not empathize enough or fails to do so just in general uh ask them to fix this Fix the empathy gap that they have, um, and that will help set them on the right course. Um, okay, so I think we got a good one in the books here, Noelle. Um, Excellent. I want to, of course, thank you very much for your time. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, and before you guys tune out, I want to remind you that uh, you have been listening to Dr. Noelle Nelson, who is a relationship expert, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many best-selling books. Uh, her most recent one out is Got a Bad Boss, Work That Boss to Get What You Want at Work. It is available for Kindle readers, which um, is, you know, Kindle readers, there's a Kindle app you can get on pretty much every electronic device out there, iPhones, Android devices, and of course, Kindle uh, readers themselves. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a fantastic book. If you've never read any of Noelle's books, um, she, she just crushes every single thing that she writes. So I highly recommend it. Um, if you're looking for something more in the relationship realm, uh, she has your, the recently at least, uh, Your Man is Wonderful. Um, there's also Dangerous Relationships. Uh, you can get um, all this information at her website, which has been uh, redesigned recently, um, and all the books are laid out very nicely on the website. 
It's uh, noelnelson.com. Um, if you can't remember uh, all this information because it's coming at you pretty fast and furious, you can find it on our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, you can follow us on the social networks, Facebook, Google+, Tumblr, Twitter, Pinterest, etc. Uh, Noelle is on uh, the social networks as well. Um, you can follow me specifically on Twitter, at Hitch Media. Noelle is at Dr. Noelle Nelson. Um, and I think that'll do it for this week. So one last time, thank you so much uh, for your time, Noelle, and I can't wait to do this again soon. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Take care, everybody. 